What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show. And you say, Shot City. The Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show. And you say, Shot City. The Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show. And you say, Shot City. The Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show. And you say, Shot City. The Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show. And you say, Shot City. The Tailgate Show, the Tailgate Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Tailgate Show on the Brawl Network. We got a big show tonight. We're going to talk about a whole lot of things. Uh, we have special guest, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, one Mike Brez. He is fresh from the NFL Combine, and you can find him on Twitter at, at Mike Brez number five. We have B. Diddy, of course, as usual, B. Quinn 34 on Twitter, and then... We've got Air Jair, Jeremy Kramer, the Ginger Unicorn, Air Jair 54 on Twitter, and I am double A A A R O N T O R on Twitter. What's up, guys? How are you? What's going on, man? How's it going, Mike? I'm all, good. I'm all worky. I'm all worky, and it sucks. <laughs> so, Mike, you had some awesome access at the combine, man. Like, how, how was that? Like, how was it's the experience? Good. It's good. Uh, it's a good time. You know, I was on Chicago Brawl earlier, and I told them it's like kind of if you remember in Jerry Maguire when he walks into um, whatever event that was. You know, and Jerry Maguire it really didn't seem like a scouting combine, and it didn't feel like draft day. Maybe it was like lead up to draft day whenever he was going there, and all those people were there. But he brought Cuba Gooding Jr. with him. You know. And then they're walking through, and then everybody's talking, and all these people, and shaking hands and going through. It's kind of like that. Like that, but not in that mall type of setting that there was there. More like a conference room, like jam-packed with, like, 200 cameras. So it's like uh, it's everybody in a real tight space. Like, the whole area that you see of all the different interview spots um, and where – Fox and CBS and NFL Network and all that is recorded is in a room that's 600, 700 square feet. Oh, wow. Everybody's right on top of each other. Your mic, their mics are just so good with booms that they doesn't pick up the other stuff. That's it. But it's all right there, right in front of your face. So you can barely move around there sometimes. But it's fun. You know, you go through. Uh, I brought Bitch from the NFL Brawl there. He knows absolutely. It's easier to, for me to say who he doesn't know than say who he does know. So it's just boom, 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 boom. People, 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 people. Met everybody. Every single person you can think of we met. That's nice, awesome. Man. It's got to be one of those things where it's like it's like literally everybody around you is somebody, right? I mean, yeah, 
It's it's true. And then, you know, for us, and I try putting, putting faces with almost Twitter handles because, you know, you have some of these guys from like the draft network and things like that there. And you can't always place everybody. You hope they're wearing a right. T-shirt or something. But, yeah, everybody is very like – um, and I forget his name, but you know we were talking about it last night. But it's uh, Andrew. You were you were working there, but Andrew Sansil. You guys know the name, right? From the NFL Network, Andrew yep. Sansil. We talked about it, but uh, I was telling the guys yesterday, Aaron. It was funny because it was like Friday night. Everybody's like cleared out of there, or they're at the scouting combine. And uh, he, like, scurries in from the scouting combine and go grab one of his something stuff. And, like, there's only three people in the whole thing now. And, like, this this uh, security guard's, like, running after him to check his badge, check his badge. And I thought it was so hilarious because he has the most recognizable face of all time. Like, he's <laughs> on the NFL network every day, you know. And I was just right. like, the one guy that belongs in this room, it's him. And you're tracking him down. And I'm sitting there with, like, my legs kicked up, relaxing. And I'm all like, it's hilarious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fun time. You see a lot of people. They're very restrictive of the of the press, really, over in the scouting combine. And I do good to go over there and, uh, you know, we're kind of running out of the front row seat of all that, which is cool. There's so much going on. It's really hard to, to be in there in both facets of press and to scout. You want to do one or the other, right? You're there to scout or you're there to, um, you know, fiddle in the press. So how was it, like, how were you able to separate your, the the fan in you and and being there on on business basically when you're like that close to Nagy man like that was insane that video you got yeah I was really turned on business mode the moment we got there and I kind of stayed with that and um, it's real easy because everybody's just a dude and then um, I knew when Nagy was going on I knew when Pace were going on I knew when and where they have you have a monitor that kind of shows you everything I had that all scoped so. Um, I kind of, I just got ready for him pretty much before everybody else got ready for him. And I don't know the dude, little skinny dude. Um, but I was, I was sitting front row. There's a little diamond of ropes that is kind of right there. And I, I wedged myself in like a little corner of it right, right up front. And if you guys seen my video, I mean, I was right there and, uh, this little weasel gets in front of me, like just, you know, a little skinny guy wobbles in front of me. I'm like, dude, I, I was like, this no. I was like, you, you know, obviously you don't need to, I'll pull your shirt down. I mean, I'll bring you all the way to the ground. Dude. I was like, you don't come in front of me. And then so, uh, oh, he pissed me off, you know. And yeah. I was like, eh. You know, I was like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go brez on everybody right here at the thing. But uh, <laughs> so I just let it go. And then, but it, it was kind of a blessing because he put me in Debo mode. Like, I asked the most questions out of everybody there, and uh, and everybody else asked chump questions, like chump, chump question, chump question, chump question. If you listen to the pressers, you know that it is. And I was like, no. I mean, everything I had was like, oh, I got it. And the only, I just had one more. I was trying to get the last question out, and that was going to be when he said, we're going to bring somebody in to uh, push Mitch. I was just going to say – is there any chance you bring somebody in that Mitch has to push and uh, switch it up? That was going to be my last question, but all these guys. Was, but my favorite part was the little skinny dude, whoever he is, probably you guys all follow him. Um, 
he didn't get a single question off. And then he started bitching at it at the end. And I thought, that's hilarious. Like, maybe you should have stood behind me, dude. I don't know. Come in bows up, man. You know, <laughs> get in where you fit in. So I, it was it was a trip, man. Like hearing, you know, because we we sit here and we listen to all these pressers, so you know you start knowing some of the voices. And I, and I know it's not all the local guys were there, but it's like you know you hear some of the familiar voices, and it's like, oh, there's press. <laughs> like, it's like it's like holy shit, like you know, like this is really it's really happening. Like that's a that's a trip. Where you, and, but you said you were getting uh, some vibes from guys, people kind of giving you the side eye, like the local guys or what? Yeah, and you know most of them. I'm a very anti like mass media trying to be better about it. But, um, and then people just have different views and we would have gone through all that in that cycle. Kind of, you get into that cycle, you get out of that cycle, you learn, you know, it's funny that the words, you know, stick to football or stick to sports or whatever is like a negative moniker. Not really. It's really what you should be doing. If this is what you're here doing, you know, so I've had to learn that the hard way a little bit, but, um, I'm, I've been known to be a little abrasive at times. So, and uh, over the years, you don't know if you're thinking, oh, maybe that's kind of worked itself out and not that big. Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but I, I think there's a fair amount of bitterness from some of those guys just because of the, you know, we represent the new media, you know what I mean? And, and they don't like that, you know, people haven't had to like, you know, go come up the way they came up. You know, and and uh, be working the mail room and all this crap. Like supposedly they all you know had to do, which isn't necessarily really true. It's not quite like that, but but they all act like they had to you know uh, pull a a, a cart of rocks to the top of a mountain and like you know pray at the altar of George Hallis to get the you know and they act like it's you know it's like it's it's such a, a, a an honor that's only been bestowed upon them you know so. I mean, there, it, it, you get that you get that vibe a little bit that it's there. Um, it's just that I seriously don't get along with so many of the um, these people over the years, or it's not even, and it's been like that. But also, um, I just don't so much like their style. Um, like Jeff Dickerson, for an example. Don't like his style. Maybe a nice guy. I don't know him personally. I don't plan on going golfing with him anytime soon. But, you know, <clears throat> Cutler hated him too. You know, he just absolutely hated him. Me and Cutler seem to have a, a similar personality, so I just figure I wouldn't like him. And then when I hear him on Waddle and Sylvie and things like that, I was always like, God, I hate this guy. So, I mean, and he's there, and, he, you know, he's like sloshing on the, the side of the podium, you know, and I'm just like, you're definitely that guy, man. You know, you just, you just feel it. So it's just a lot of those. I tell you, who is really good at questions, and I thought he just had a demeanor as a pretty good dude, too, was J.J. Stankovich, you know? Yeah, he's a stand-up uh, guy. I like him. Uh, he was good. He had some hard questions. I, questions I had in my head. He was certain. I was. I wanted to be like high five, dude. That was good. And so uh, that was good. Zach Pearson was there. He's uh, you know part of that media circle now. Really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the exact same birthday. But uh, yeah, there was. It was good. It was. It was just nice to get up there and be naggy. And you know what's weird is you talk about it. I mean, we've seen so many press conferences. We've been talking beers forever. Um, but, you know, Nagy was just like, boom, straight in the eyes. Just 
That's what he was looking at when he was responding. That's me dead in the eyes, and I'm just staring him down. And he's like, he can look at me holding recording. I mean, like would glance down at me recording, look back. You know, it was it was a weird moment. It's like talking to somebody, but then recording their face at the same time. It's just a little weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was good. And then I, I got out of there, and then I need there was a, there was another press conference I needed to go to down the way, and I wanted to jump over there real quick, and. Then, so, and Bridge was over talking to somebody else, and then I circled back here after a bit after I did that, and Bridge was like, where you at? And he was like, oh, I was just sitting here talking to Nagy for like five, six minutes. And I was like, ah, that would have been good. That would have been good. <laughs> See, you missed, you missed Bridge. Yeah. You missed Bridge talking to him? Yeah. Well, I, heard he, I heard he laid the groundwork for, uh, for something maybe down the line. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, Bridge brought – Nagy in um he recruited him and worked he managed them so okay. into the nfl so they kind of have that and uh it's enough of a it's enough of a foot in you know Nagy's now head coach of a nfl football team uh bridge ultimately should be a gm but um yeah so you know they got kind of a relationship there enough that you can say hey you know we want to sit down for five ten minutes and then you know you make five ten minutes an hour that's kind of how it goes we have all these guys that come on the nfl brawl and they all say they're going to be there for 10 minutes and they all end up there for an hour so uh that's just kind of how it is the best way to in bridge talk to him about that he said and Nagy's response was yeah we you know we have to come up sit down you know which means come to house hall so that'll be good man We'll be in that we'll be in that range where this is when you can do it when there's kind of a lull if there's a lull for NFL, um, you know it's right after free agency craziness right before the draft you know so that that's my goal is to get up there and just sit down with Nagy and really sitting down with Nagy school it's good for video good for what we do and sponsor um, that up but really I'm I would like to see how it's all inside sure oh, heck yeah oh hell yeah. So I gotta ask you, you know, I was there a couple of years ago. What player or position group had the most buzz around it? Usually, like uh, when I was there, it was Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey's, and there was just a certain buzz in the room for certain groups. Was there a group that was just like, wow, everybody's really here to check these guys out? It's the wide receivers for sure. Anybody, right anybody jump out at Either. you where you're just like, wow, that guy's that guy's it? Like, you know, got that got that 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 juice. Well, you know, the it was really a different side of it because I would have been putting my scouting con, but uh, you know, Greedy was one of these guys that was like that. But the um, well, I tell you, the guy that really did it from the media standpoint is because when the receivers first got there, everybody lined up. Podium one, he's up there first. It's Judy from Alabama. And the, I was like, there was nobody up. He just got up there. He walks up, and the first thing that caught my eye was the Star of David hanging around his neck, like big, bold, like a, almost a novelty one. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> I just I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't even hear what he was saying because I was looking at it so much. And uh, I was like, that is just weird. And uh, he's wearing it because his last name's Judy, and he's not Jewish. He just wore it to be because they wanted people to start calling him Jew. 
And, uh, and then he had to go on like an apology tour that quick at the combine. This all happened like four hours. I was like, you're on there. Now you're doing an apology tour right over there. You're like, you were talking about it here. Now you're over here doing the apology tour. And so that kind of really got my attention. Rugs running fast was great, but, um, you know, and I think he goes a little higher than he's supposed to all these four, two guys, not so great of a crowd. When you look at the four, two wide receivers, take a list. No, you know, they all end up going like round one and they're all overdrafted is a good word for it. So I was, uh, it's just hard this year. There's, there's definitely some receivers. If bears went for a receiver in the second round, uh, it wouldn't blow my mind. If the value's there, I think we could use a dynamic playmaker, uh, especially with Taylor gone. I just think there's free agency moves you can do to kind of fill all that in. And we got bigger holes and all that. But, you know, they could grab somebody. So I wasn't so much focused on that that group. I was focused on, like, uh, offensive line. And um, and I was pretty I was pretty intent on that one. Um, I liked some of the grouping. So if you got guys you've poked out so far that you like on the offensive line. And yeah. No, we, we haven't uh, gotten to our – got too much into our draft prospects yet just like albert always been my guy since probably about what a month ago maybe a little more yeah Yeah. the uh i got some i did a lot of work up on these the offensive linemen especially the guards i knew who i was looking for um when i went and austin jackson is one guy that i wanted to talk to because um he had you know he's banged up because he gave um you know, and an operation where he like saved his sister's life. And, and so it put him back, you know, he was out. And then uh, I wanted to see what kind of shape he was in and how, what weight he was at, what weight he was playing at. And you sure you figure most of these bigger guys, they kind of lose weight. And as you go and you got to put like 20, 30 pounds back on. And then he said he was playing at 320 or he was at 320, weighed in at 320. I said, where'd you want to play? He said about 322. I said, where teams want you? He said about 320. I said, well, this looks like you're doing pretty good. But it looks like he needs to gain some strength. And he said that. So one guy that could play left tackle or right tackle. Um, he's more, you know, kind of muscle memory for left tackle. And he said that. A lot of these guys, I'll tell you, they were very honest. And I'm not just talking Trey Adams when he said he wished he had a bigger dick. But um, (laughs) unless you missed that one, because that was the greatest. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that goes down in the plus column or not, but it was funny as hell. (laughs) It's a lifestyle, eh? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've heard that. I was really interested in him. Um, going in because I, I really wanted to see um, what's up with him and his health and how he's going to be. He didn't he didn't change my mind about where to draft him and if if that's you know where it's at or anything like that. But um, he it was it was just funny for of all people for him to be the guy that does that because I was paying such uh, firm attention to him. But the one kid that was. A really interesting cat. I think he's going to be on the Bears' radar, and I think he's a perfect fit for our line. Um, the question is, is that can we shuffle our line to fit what he does best? So, um, but this Logan Stenberg kid out of Kentucky, right? I sat, I sat and talked to him um, the whole entire time. So it was, and the Bears interviewed him too, right? Yeah, they did. 
And this kid, look, so, I mean, we talked for, I don't know, pretty much the whole 15 minutes up there. I just, I didn't go anywhere else. I was 80% of his questions. And, dude, he's just a, he's just a very focused beast. A little more tougher than uh, mentally, less personality than um, Kyle Long, but that same kind of grit as Kyle Long. Mm-hmm. But he's a left guard. He said he'd like to, you know, he's like, I, I can play left or right. I can play a little center. It would take me some figuring out to get center. But he said, I can figure out right guard, um, but I, you know, go to my left. And I was happy that he was honest about that, you know, that he wasn't like this. So I was thinking, you know, if white hair could swing over, if he's got the ability at that point, because we've tried him all over the place now, we don't know where his best is going to be. But and then let him go in. I think he's a day one starter. You can get in the third, fourth, fifth round area. So um, that's one guard. Austin Jackson is kind of my my other guy there for for offensive tackles, and they they really stood out for me. But some of these other guys, I tell you what, I ripped them right off the board. I mean, there was a lot of guys that had like questions and circles and all this stuff around them and their personality and their love for the game and all this. And they got up there, and I was like. Yep, that was definitely the case. I was like, and and other guys, you're up there and you're like, you are, I mean, there, like, I, I'm, I don't know how they got through school, right? Maybe they they joined the class early. I don't know how they got to high school. I'm like, I don't know how you would get a playbook. I don't know how they would do it. You know, I mean, they're just, you ask them a couple questions and they don't even know. And you ask, I tell you, one one pet peeve of mine was, you ask them what teams they've met with, don't know. I'm like, how do you not know? They're NFL teams. You know what I'm saying? That would be very. Is it very just like a important. thing where they don't say, or they're just oh, like that stupid? They're everybody <laughs> says if you if you if you ask for a particular team, uh, they'll go uh, yes or yeah, but other guys are like. Yes, official. Yeah, I mean, they're just snap on it. And other guys are like, yeah. uh, I can't remember. Did you meet with the Bears? I really don't remember. I'm like, and they're not playing stupid. They're just are stupid. They're just stupid. Right. I mean, it's just it's, it, it, people coming it off right. no game. It's reality. It's just there's smart people. There's average people. There's dumb people. Yeah, some of these players are dumb. And I think it's worth noting that. I think right. that's worth noting. You see these guys jump off the charts and all these physical capabilities and stuff. But if your mental capabilities are not there, it doesn't matter. You won't translate to the game because you won't know what to do. That's a very important part of these interviews and grinding them out. And that's why you see a lot of these guys fall because you're like, why would they ever fall? They did, played good in college. They uh, have ath- athletic attributes that are all crazy on the combine and all that. And then they slide and you're like, oh, what happened here? And I'm like, they're dumb as a box of rocks. They would never get an NFL playbook. And this is just where teams say it's not worth it or if it is. Worth it in the sixth round, not the second where they're valued. Well, and I think that the thing that fans forget is that, you know, they're on this is a job interview. I mean, and and the teams are not just looking for if their physical attributes can can translate to the field. I mean, they have to think about, you know, what kind of human beings are these people going to be? Is our, you know, PR department and and legal department and everything going to be babysitting these guys as soon as they get, you know, a bunch of money in their bank account and and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, you talk about how smart you have to be. And I think that's the difference between 
the college game maybe and the and the pro game is that you know d1 these top schools i mean i don't know i think it might have been nfl brawl but you know talking about how they were you know you'll have a receiver coach that's basically feeding the plays to the receivers when they're spread out wide they don't even know the plays you know what i mean like exactly they, they don't they don't know routes they don't have a route tree they don't have any of that stuff it's just i'm big i'm fast you know, and I'm on Alabama, and we're going. You know, I mean, maybe Alabama's not the best example, but you know, no. those guys seem to know. But like these guys, it doesn't translate what they do in college to the NFL, and 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 you know, they need these guys to be grown up men who take their jobs seriously, and you know, are like guys smart. From Notre Dame, basically. Yeah, that's why so many so many skill positions from Notre Dame just dominate the NFL. Yeah, they, it, it, it does. They, they, it's, uh, they don't have so much of skills, but it's the, uh, the defensive line, offensive line. Right. They I mean, they, they are the smarts in the trenches is off the chart from the. Dorms. It is. It is a. Uh, it is tight end you. So yes, you know, yes, it, it yes. is tight end you. And I tell you what, that Cole Komet's going to be another guy that's going to be just part of that crew. I tell you what, he is impressive. Impressive to talk to. Impressive physically. He Huge guy, um, so that that's another one. But you know, Claypool, Claypool balled out too. Yes, he did. Now he's a little more raw, so that's something that he, you you're buying a project there. Everybody, you know, he flies up for everybody because you know you're seeing this, seeing that. He's a tweener. You're not going to know what to do with him. You know, you think, oh, two thirty, you run like that. He doesn't play like that. He plays right. five, four, five. You know, we watched it. If you watch the, you know, Notre Dame, he's not a cooker. He's not blowing past people. He's he's in contested catches constantly, and that's going to be more uh, prevalent in the NFL. So now it's one thing you're contested catches against guys that will never even make the NFL. Now you're being contested by the best. And so that's where everybody gets up on Claypool. I was not that high. A Notre Dame guy, I always take a domer, but I got him still in like fourth, fifth round. Well, the way you say that about tight ends, it's like, I don't care if tight ends have a bunch of flat straight line speed. I mean, how much is that really come into play? You know, how often are tight end tight ends really running routes that that's required? You, is a tight end? It's like you have to use They're your body people position. With tight ends now though, hmm? like you get a guy like Albert O with his size that can run like that. If he, he just kind of refines right. a couple of things, he could be dangerous, man. I just I mean, what I'm thinking. I don't understand is why. I know they want to see them in their, you know, tight clothes for whatever reason. Why don't the, why doesn't the combine happen in pads? Like to me, it, I don't care what you can do in a in a cat suit. I want to see what you can do in pads. You know. Well, they know that they got so much film on these guys. I think it's more yeah, for some of its just pure entertainment purposes. Right, they, but they, I mean, yeah, you got the film, but I mean, it was uh, wasn't uh, uh, Bridge just saying that Ohio State they got the track slanted downhill and so all the 40 times at Ohio State are fake like you know like they, the film can be altered you know what I mean like you mm-hmm. guys get fed the ball you know I mean they get featured um, you know certain things are happening yeah, there's like, science I mean, to this man you're at that's why you do the combine there's actually scientific they have a profile it's yeah. profiling. I, I agree that's I'm what just it saying is. it seems like at this point they would throw the pads on for a couple drills you know where I think it came down to Aaron is um, in the very beginning. The combine was 
it's not that big of a deal. You know, it came, it started about 35 years ago, uh, bounced around a little bit, ended up in Indy for the last 34 years or so. And, you know, back then it was covered by like three dudes and it was just some players running around in their underwear just to, for teams to get an idea. They're really just talking to them, and they're like, they put them through all kind of weird ass tests that don't exist anymore. And you know, and this is like, how high can you jump? How fast can you do this? Okay, okay. Uh, now I'll figure it. I'll think about it with pads. I'll do the anticipation. But back then, you know, what a lot of it was about is they didn't want to carry all the gear. They don't want to fly it all in. They didn't want to hassle with all that and bring all the people and do all. It would be like game day for all of these different guys, you know, a hundred and some odd people. So it was really about cost effectiveness and logistics. And, you know, and really, I think that's why they never even did that. And it's just stayed true to the course. And then we've gone through it so much that they can see how it is at the combine, then add pads, and then you see how it ends up. So it, it is there, but yeah, you know, you, that's why you can't trust pro days. That's a fact, you know, right. that's, you can't trust pro days. Yeah. It's just stack box there. That's why the combine is important when somebody says they want to run at pro day and I'm like, no shit, you know, come on. Right. So well, one thing I was thinking too, is that how teams can request that guys work out at different positions. How does that work? Yeah, you can, um, the, the scouts and whatnot, they there's some of there's handlers down there from different teams or coaches and then you know just a, a scout will come down or a team they'll head up you know they're all in the boxes the gms and the head coaches and the pro personnel guys and uh so they'll call down and they'll say that they want this person to go do this or do that, you know, or, or do the or private little thing with them or something like that. And the guys are happy to do it. There's no real rules. You're, you just got to do the program. You can just say, I don't want to do it. You can, mm-hmm. um, and you can say you want to do it. And if a team wants you to, to go over and do a different one as a player, you're more than happy to, right. Or you should be, if you may, right. if you said no, well, that's a, uh, not good, not good, not right. good for 32 teams, not just the one. So uh, they can kind of push those things a little bit. It's a very laxed scene. I mean, the whole thing, it's a high pressure cooker for the people at the combine, you know, the guys, but everybody else, it's like, it's chill central. So it's just like, no, make them do that, whatever, you know. I mean, there's it's the players, and then there's like 50 guys. That's it. Were, were there any, like, Jackball like guys like you know how they these weird media guys get into the Super Bowl media row was there anybody that was just like oh my god how did this guy get in here or, you know what's you know what's he doing and he's he's going around asking everybody stupid questions or anything like that no there was really none of that it's you know it's very hard to get credentialed to get into the combine it's not like the Senior Bowl or these other things it's you go through the backgrounds and mm-hmm. I mean they got it, it's you don't mess around they'll they'll bounce you out and then you'll lose credentials forever type of thing and mm-hmm. everybody there was very noticeable um, it wasn't really any stupid people and trust me if there were stupid people there I would have found them real quick you know <laughs> this guy got kind of stupid people dar but you know it, it is I tell you what is um, kind of funny is that. You see these people on their Twitter handles and then on TV, and then you stand next to them, and you're like, hmm, okay, well, I didn't see that. You know what I'm saying? It's like when 
Ian Rappaport is like 4'11". Yeah, they're all short. Everybody is. <laughs> Everybody is. I mean... Rappaport, Schefter's tiny. He's built, but he's tiny. Yeah, everybody is. It's it's either you played in the NFL and now you're uh, um, like on the NFL Network about it, or you're a very tiny person. That's just the way it was. So a lot of these people I had bigger, you know, I had bigger thoughts about, but everybody was really, really, really small. That's about the best thing I could bring out of that. Because you got these gigantic players, you know, and then they're right. holding the microphone literally on their tiptoes, is fully stretched, and I'm like, this is funny. So that was about the only thing. <laughs> they don't give them boom stands, the little guys, huh? No, no. They, you know, they just they got their little iPhone up, and it, it was just funny. But it was Coffee nice. Coffee sticks. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny to uh, see, like, uh, some OG ladies like Susie Colbert and uh, and then who's our gal from Chicago, the blonde that's uh, – I hate to say it like that, the blonde that sounds so misogynistic, but um, she's always – she's a national reporter. Dales? Yeah, Stacey Dale. She was there. She was on it. She, she was at that Nagy press conference, mm-hmm. and she gets her questions out. You know, yeah. it's – you got to chime them in. Pow! It's not like they says, "Oh, Stacy, yeah, ask me questions." It's not like that. You got to you got to perfectly time it out in the last word he says. She's great at it. She is good at her job. Uh, so did, very impressed with her. What did you think? Uh, just to sort of circle back to the presser, um, what did you think of what Nagy said? Because he's the one thing about him, and no matter what you know, people's opinions of him have morphed to, and I think there's some anti-Nagy people and blah blah blah. He's engaging. I mean. He has a charisma, and 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 I mean, you talked about him looking right in your eyes. But well, what did you think about what he said, and you know, and and what he talk a little bit about his, his just his charisma and whatnot. You know, it's from when he first got here to now, it's a big difference. And he is like what you're saying. The charisma is real, and so either he is, he's totally bought in, like he's very device, uh, decisive in what he's saying. Or he's one of the best salesmen you ever met in your life, right? Because you believe him. And he just looks you straight in the eye, and he talks with – well, you hear him. He talks with passion. He he shoots his words at you. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have a lot of him and Han. Um, he does a little bit. I rocked his boat just a touch, and then he just kind of came with it. He, he gave me a – and we're fired up about it, which is this deflect mode. But – that's why I, I kind of went in that way. I wanted to rock him off a little bit because uh, I want to get him off that, that pre-scripted thing he does. But he's very deliverable. I mean, he does that. Now, Nagy's got tells. And, I bet, you know, I pick up on Pace's tells. I pick up on his tells. I know when, they're, when they flirt on something or they, they usually say something. And now they're not. I've, you know, I've picked up on these all the way. Now, just keep in mind, like with Mitch, is Mitch is on your roster. He's paid already. You can't you can't do anything with that, okay? You can't throw him under the bus. He's already on your roster, right? Why? How would that even happen? Why? Why? Like Gruden is the anti this, right? He's like pretty much shopping car since he's been there with what he says and he's and even when it came down to this year he was like i don't know what i'm gonna do with him you know we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes and then mayock who normally would come in and settle all that kind of rumor stuff or whatever didn't so that's you know the the car thing is a real thing but with trubisky 
they keep reinforcing because I will tell you what, they're a little bit smarter than what meets the eye. We feel like we get taken advantage of on trades or we don't make the best deals or we give Mike Lennon all this money. We see all these things. But let me tell you what, parade Mitch around like he's your show pony still. Why? Because if you have a chance at trading him, you're going to get a higher value if you value him. If you think he's on the market and pushing him out there, you feel like he's suspendable, people are going to feel like he's suspendable, offer you nothing for him. So they keep the value on him high. Also, another thing, if you're saying Mitch is your guy, Mitch is your guy, oh, no, we're you know on this and that, we're going to get somebody to push him, but – See, that's the key. And this is what makes me think car, 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 because they said, eh, we're going to get somebody to push Mitch. Mitch, yeah, Mitch can do this. We're expecting him to step up a little bit. We want the playbook in his hand this year. Really getting, okay. All of that would just be one hell of a recipe for you to sandbag trade lowering a trade value on another guy you want, maybe car, who would fit for the system good, right? So you're acting like you don't need him. That's the best power position to sell from. And right. so they're doing a good job. You know, even if it's um, paying a free agent that's out on the market right now, whoever it could be, maybe a Dalton if he's cut, Mariota, a lot of these names make me want to throw up, you know, but <laughs> you think about it and it's like, okay, if you're going to, you better be selling Mitch. You better be talking about the guy's going to come in and be Mitch's backup because you're going to have to pay him. Now, what do you want to say? You want a guy to come in and start and then Mitch back him up? That's what you want to go out and say? Then you're going to, you're going to, you just added $5 million to what that guy's going to get paid. And everybody says, oh, well, you know, you can go somewhere else. Really? Give me a place where Carr will go. Like, we can go run, run, run it through your heads and think, where would Carr go? Where's the spot? Maybe the Colts, but the Colts are really in a position to go ahead and draft. And, you know, what do, what do they gain in there? They, I mean, they should really bring up a quarterback and do that. They got the picks. Right. Well, and the Colts are paying Jacoby Brissett like $21 million. Yeah, they can get out of that. They can get out of that. Yeah, that's the okay. deal. Um, you know, so it's just – and they got the money. So okay. you could – but – it's like, I can see the one place I could see with Carr that's kind of not been talked about it a lot is if things were to break down in Dallas with the Prescott negotiations, I could see Carr ending up there, you know, back uh, with Amari Cooper. Um, you know, that's 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 one thing that's crossed my mind where I was like, well, you know, you never know. Um, just because, you know, I, I still. I'm not real sure how Dallas is going to get that done with Prescott. You know, I mean, I know they can structure it, and I don't know if they should. I don't know if they should get it done with Prescott, to be quite honest. But I, I don't. I don't know either. You know, after what you've had, I mean, they had all the tools, and you didn't get anywhere. You, you know, it's one of those things. Now, um, how much better can he play? <laughs> I think that's it. I, you know, it's just what we've seen. What we've seen out of him in college, and then he had to change his game to go over to the pros. Who knows where he's at? I don't think you're gonna re-evolve three times. So you're just you're kind of in a bad scene. This this guys need to. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do, but you know, a good question is like, and let's say we were able to tra- uh, trade Mitch out for a seventh and gain back the five million or whatever, a sixth, a fifth, or whatever. We're clear of quarterbacks. We got no quarterbacks. Would you give Dak Prescott whatever he's wanting or whatever he's going to get to come play in Chicago, okay. right? And see, and that's that makes me think it's kind of hard for Dallas to do it too. It just seems like it would get done. It would be the natural thing. But and then th- that when I heard, it, though, if you could afford it. You wouldn't, wouldn't. You, you wouldn't kick the tires on that? 
not for 30 plus million dollars hell no yeah. i mean if if for some reason they had a crazy amount of cap room maybe but but if you're talking i mean i know you could structure it this that and the other but i just i don't know i don't i think he's i think Dak has kind of peaked like it, it's not like he has no weapons now like he has no offense we've never had a quarterback peak that's fine. I just, I just don't, I don't know. It's something about it I don't see. Well, we may have like, had Mitch peak. We don't know, but I'm just yeah. saying we never. I, I just think, I think Dak would be kind of interesting here. Um, better than yeah. what we got. I think what you oh, need to sure. go down. You know, Dak and um, Carr are kind of like right there on right. whatever rankings and stats. They're always right there, like nine, ten, and so they're both better than what we get them credit for, but. Dak was always behind a good line. He had a great running back. He had some good weapons. And mm-hmm. um, not that we don't have some weapons, but we have an unproven line. Well, it's proven. Just the wrong way, right? And then uh, <laughs> so we need a whole different scheme. And that's a big part of it. And that was probably the biggest thing. And we a lot of people don't talk about. And you haven't seen it all over Twitter and all that. And that, there's not really any threads or pods aren't big on it. The one thing I got out of the press conference is the Bears don't have an offensive scheme, period. There is no playbook right now. They're like, yeah, I hope Mitch is in the playbook. What playbook? You don't have one. You just said you don't. And so now you got uh, a run coordinator, an offensive coordinator, a passing coordinator, but you're going to call the plays, and you think all that's going to work out, and you're going to put it together in three months when we're totally down. I mean, the new CBA is going to even be worse than this one. But you only get your players for so – like, it's such a small period of time. And then you're going to hit preseason, which nobody plays. And then you're going to go to uh, – you're going to stay home for, for Hallis Hall. I hope that's a plus and not a negative instead of – but there was always something to go and sequester your guys down out of college. They're there, focus, live like a uh, like you're back in college. Don't live like you're a millionaire. You know, grind it out. Now they're going home. We're going right. home. I, you right. know, let, I mean, there's a recipe for disaster there. And Do you really think they scrapped the playbook, though, or it's just going to be – see what this new coaching staff spin on it is? I mean, I mean that, he was talking about Mitch being like 202, and now if you if you're gonna reset that clock and actually stick with Mitch, we're in trouble. Yeah, it's no. I mean, I, I whenever you read it, it's he, you know he keeps saying, well we're gonna sit down, well we're gonna sit down and really go through it. Well, we're each of us gonna sit down and we're gonna mold and we're gonna gel and we're gonna really figure well, I mean, out. I, what think, fits. I think they've been doing that already, though. I mean, he talked about them being going through the scheme eval and already having so they've done some of it already but i agree with you brez i think it's a strip down um and i think they don't know who the quarterback is gonna be and that's what i got out of Nagy's presser is that he's not settled on mitch mitch has a lot to prove to him and i think he i think he put out some pretty pointed sharp barbs you know in saying that you know he needs to to show me more because he, he was pace not... in some of that stuff with the processing. Oh, he's, he's, abs- he was... absolutely. Pace was like Pace well, my... and him were on completely different pages. Like I thought well, that was really stark. My Here's... question is you is how, how you how do you build a playbook when half your roster is still in flux? You don't know who exactly. your guard's going to be. You don't know who your tight going to be. You don't know who your wide receiver is going to be. And you're quest- you're very questionable at quarterback. So it's how, true. How do you build a playbook uh, out of that mess. 
there's a lot of what you're saying here, Jared, is true, because if you remember, Nagy was building plays. He said it specifically for Turbo. He said, you know, there's a plays in the book for Turbo. There's plays in the book for Cordero Patterson. We have built plays for this, plays for that. And, you know, so he was trying, he was flirting with that, negotiating players to the concept. And now he says he's going to do it more. He needs to, to really focus in on um, building a scheme to the players that they have. So very good question, Jer, because if, and Aaron, if you, um, if you don't know who your quarterback is truly going to be yet, I think they have their, their eyes set on someone already, and they're going to go all in, brawls deep in this guy. Yes, sir. Um, that's that's what they do. I mean, they'll overpay the hell out of them. You know, they already you – know, that's what they do. So um, – which is kind of refreshing. You know, everybody goes back and really bitches about the Mike Glennon payday, but I'm like, this is the opposite of what the Bears normally did, right? I mean, normally they would give everybody peanuts, and then you got peanuts. But now they're like, yeah, I want this guy. Up. Whatever. Okay, all right, yeah, oh, okay, you got it. Uh, I'd rather have that going right. on than the price. Well, and, and, and that to me, you know, with what you said there is evidence that – Ted really is backseat now. You know, it, it, he's not – I mean, I felt like back, you know, back uh, when Angela was in charge and, you know, the other – it was like Ted was really, uh, you know, sort of, oh, I don't know if we can afford this, you know, kind of thing and, and, and you know, sort of informing a lot of the money decisions where now I feel like they have put complete trust in, in Pace and Nagy. Um, yeah, it's not Dalton, man. I'm good. It's totally different now, and you know, and I think why, and it's it's always the GM and Ted, GM and Ted, GM and Ted back then. And see, Angelo took pride in, and he was too prideful, in the sense that he um, liked to find guys. And, you know, in the later rounds, keep them on low deals and grind them out and find guys in free agency. They could come in on a one-year deal and then, you know, and have a good season and not have to go back and pay them. Like, he liked that. Like, a guy would come in, do great, and you're like, oh, that guy's awesome. Bye-bye. And you're like, right. And he's like, I just got a free rental. What are you talking about? He took pride in that. That's the wrong pride. Taking pride is the biggest problem. And it's Pace's problem, too. He gets this prideful factors, and he wants to replicate stuff. Stop doing it. Nagy and Pace, I've seen, they learn, though. They do learn. They learn the hard way, but they're slow, man. It's like, come on, dude. Figure it out. Bump. It's terrible. Quit doing that. Go on. And, you know, you're just screaming at them. And people say uh, we're couch cowboys or, you know, coaches or whatever, GMs, all this stuff. But, dude, some of this stuff is common sense. I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, you put a poll out there, it's 90% one way, and that would end up being the right decision. I mean, it's it's very rare when it's like a landslide, stupid move. And then, like the Mike Glennon, I think it was – you wanted to be a, a Bears fan and say, oh, okay, hopefully this will go good. But if you were, if it was right before it happened, you're like, hey, they're going to give Mike Glennon this amount of money. What do you think about it? It would have been like, no, don't do that. I you wanted know? them to keep Hoyer back then, man. But Yeah, at least it's – What, it, yeah, what do you think to – Go ahead, guys. Go ahead, go ahead I was going to ask you, today's quarterback carousel of the day was Andy Dalton. The rumors were all out about him. I've got the strange feeling that's just a lot of smoke for smoke's sake. I don't believe that that's a possibility at all. What do you guys think? I think that all comes from the Bengals. Absolutely. This is the Bengals floating 
that that out there because it's easy it's easy to say the bears are interested in my player and it gets everybody talking it's the same thing that twitter jockeys do they drop the bears in their tweet and all of a sudden you know it's 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 hot and it's moving and it's trending because you know it's the same thing so if the Bengals want to float the idea that there's a trade value for for uh dalton when they know full well that they just have to cut him this is the best way to do it is to say that the bears are interested in him and also, they've floated the idea that the Belichick is interested. You've heard that rumor that Belichick is interested in Dalton. I'm like, come on. Like, Belichick could, could find, you know, a guy in the fifth round that could outplay Andy Dalton. I mean, that's just my take on it. Yeah, but it could become – I mean, it would be smart if it was come out of Hallis Hall to, to tell everybody that you're interested in everybody. Throw them off the scent. You know what I mean? It could be coming from there, too. We don't, we don't really know. It's Very possible. Much so. Yeah, uh, you know, here, here's how I play it, right? And you know, and then Lazor, who is going or Laser, let's Laser. Um, he's just came from there. All his buddies are there. Everybody is there. He talks with them all. That's how it goes. Everybody knows everybody, by the way. I mean, people act like these are foreign lands and everybody's on an island and you like communicate through a ship in a bottle or something like that. But it's. You, everybody knows everybody. I mean, you're one degree of separation or you already work with the dude. Everybody's texting everybody, calling everybody. It's a convoluted as you would ever believe. So the whole um, free agency pocket, that's all a joke. Trust me right. from a guy that's seen it live and in person going, I mean – Dude, everybody knows everybody. So you just you talk about it, and and it's a game. So the you know bears in this sense, they would be like, oh yeah, what are they saying over there? Oh, they're trying to get a market for Dalton. That's uh, that's cute. Um, yeah, they're probably gonna cut him, right? Yeah. Well, there's no way they can carry that contract. They're gonna have to move on. They're gonna have uh, you know the stud in there so you're getting number one overall pick. You know you're not gonna back them up. They're not gonna keep them. So it's like. If if you're trying to trade someone, it would mean that you would ultimately mean you were going to try to maybe keep them too. That's the only way you can get trade value out of them, right? There's no way they're keeping them. So there's no way there's a trade value. And it's even been rumored up to a second, which is hilarious. So this is how it goes. Uh, Blazer says that. He says, oh, yeah, they're talking about uh, trying to get anything they can from them. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We'll help out the Bengals too and some of your friends. Um, we'll tell them that we're kind of interested too. We'll tell a couple of reporters and we'll sit up there because really we have a different trade prospect right now. We want to feel that we're interested in different people besides the only one because we don't want to get trade rape when it comes down to the car deal. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna float it that we trade for Dalton. We're gonna tr- look at we'll do it for somebody else. We're gonna put our names on some different free agents that are out there when really their uh, their eyes are set. I think uh, 100% their eyes are set. I think, well, I, I think I it's already gonna, done. I, I hope so. God, I hope I'm, so. I hope that I hope I that Brady is, is I hope that Brady is Nothing already is in the pocket to the Raiders and Carr is Phoenix already Carr. Yeah. here. Because that's, that's what I want to have happen. But it's so easy to make those stories true if you want them to be true. You pick up the phone, you talk to Ryan Pace and go, hey, what do you think about Andy Dalton? Next thing you know, it's a true story that the Bengals have talked to the Bears about Andy Dalton. That's all that has had to happen. Like people act like it's like they 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 went into a secret bunker and had like you know some kind of a 
clandestine meeting about them. It's like, that nah, didn't have to happen. None of that had to happen. I mean, it's just a very, you know, they're, like you said, all the texting. I mean, I can't imagine the crazy text chains that there are in the NFL, you know. Yeah, you know, here's here's how it's gonna go. Um, I haven't I haven't pinpointed it yet on the Raiders free agent that they'll grab, but um, I'll I'll get it soon. But here's the moves. Um, Brady's gonna go to Tennessee. Um, Bears are gonna bring in Carr. I don't know what they'll do with Trubisky. I'm hoping that that's part of – it would make a lot of sense for that to be part of the trade. Trade him, give him to Gruden, right? Gruden likes him, you know, and then he'll have, like, all the quarterbacks that failed out from that draft class on his team and then <laughs> can go draft the quarterback, you know. Right. He can go get love or who good, he can get whatever he wants. He can literally get anybody he wants besides Joe. So – you know, I think that works to him. Then also that gives Gruden his guy, which he's always wanted. He's he's wanted that since he got there. He wanted his rookie. He wanted to mold him. He wanted to be his guy. So that's what's going after. They're going after a quarterback in the draft. They'll have to bring in a veteran of some sort um, to be able to play through. And Gruden is prideful enough to think maybe he could take Trubisky and make something great out of him, and that would be the ultimate revenge back for these trades and flip-flops and all that. But whenever you make a blockbuster trade like Mac, that means that your organization's working together is pretty good. That's pretty good. We are, oh, they really stuck. That's only fan perspective. They look at it like they both got a good deal. They look like they got a deal done. That's interesting to you. So I know there's a pathway you can actually transact because there's a lot of teams and GMs that cannot transact together. It just, it doesn't vibe. It doesn't matter what you do. So it, if there's a team you trade with a lot, keep watch. That'll be an open door that goes back and forth. That's why I think there's a lot of uh, heat to that car deal, just like the bears with the Panthers over the years. How many times, you know, so many players transitioning back and forth, back and forth, free agency or draft. It was just kind of that way. Now, Tennessee, Brady, um, car here. I believe Tannehill to New, uh, New England because, again, it's a dick measuring contest. And I think that uh, Belichick would just be like, all right, well, I'll grab this kid that busted out of Miami at one good season with an amazing running back. I'll bring him up here and I'll have him out do Brady. That's fine. I'll grow. I'll get your Tennessee guy. I'll bring him here. We'll win the Super Bowl. We'll beat your ass in the playoffs. And then what? That's what will happen. I swear to God. It's and it's parody. So you know who else will push that? The NFL. They, you know, 32 teams will be like, that sounds good. That'll, that'll bring in viewership, bring in dollars. You guys should do that because they care more about that than they actually do the ring. That's a good yeah, point uh, for, the, for the rivalry too. Like the, the whole. Yeah, I, I, I can feel that. What Definitely. do you think is the so? What's the plan B then for the Bears? Foles? Um, I I just I think there is okay. I've been I've said this a thousand times. I think you all heard me. But there's Pace always has a plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. He is that guy. He has that on every board. Lot some GMs use this. He is does it at fault. So I believe Carr is his plan A. I believe that Dalton is around his C or D. Um, I think that plan B is that they would draft and bring in a third. So whoever that would be. Could that be Mariota? Um, could be. 
You know, if if Mariota is not expensive, I could see that. I have I have zero ties to them to Bridgewater. I think with his injuries, you know, they don't do injuries. They don't do red flags. Pace does. He just doesn't do them. So I don't see that. But um, I could see a uh, like a, a Jordan Love if he if he fell farther enough. Um, and we could talk. And I, although and you you mentioned it to me, B about Hurts. I can't see the Bears drafting Hurts. I just can't see it. If he fell. I just can't see it. He might be the next guy. To me, he's uh, Dak Prescott. I think that's his ceiling. So he... It's a pretty good ceiling for the Bears, though. It really, if you could be, if you can be, if you can be, meet your ceiling here. A sad sad thing about our prospects that we do draft is that we have a very hard time working up players. We really let a lot of players down. They don't hit their crescendo when they're with us. We really have a hard time bringing them up and getting them going in the NFL. It's a very sad thing. And it takes almost all these guys way too much time. Like, um, you know, Kyle Fuller, look where we drafted him at in that position, okay? So you're looking at this guy. You need to come in and start right away. But we put him in that position, and we were ready to cut him after a year two, weren't we? We were like, this guy sucks. And then about, you know, contract year, he catches fire. And I'm like, can you all do this, like, I don't know, rookie year or something? Because you got drafted in the top 15. You should be starting, like, uh, Gonzo. So it's so late. All these guys end up um, just kind of passing through and becoming busts. And, you know, and we've with quarterbacks, this has gone on for 50 years. Yeah, well, I think I think some of that may be, you know, the culture, um, you know, because there's a certain very impatient culture to the fan base. And, you know, where it's like we we decide a guy's trash really quickly or we decide that we are going to stick by him through thick and thin really quickly and it's all usually very just totally nebulous what reasons why you know what i mean we just you know you see it throughout the fan base that guys just like guys you know um you're seeing it right now with nick kwiatkowski you know what i mean it's like he's got the right name he's got the right look he's he's a grinder and and we love him but two years ago everybody was ready to throw this guy off a bridge because he can't cover anybody on third down but now he comes in and and we've got this narrative about him for seven games he's like this you know this this hero and now it's like yeah pay him whatever you want and let you know let whoever else walk you know and 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 it's just funny how that happens and one thing i will say about what i like about pace and Nagy is that i do feel like they don't get enough credit for changing the culture of the organization and making it a top flight organization and not just like a football museum that happens to have a team which i think uh, is the way the organization was Fox run for those some time. of that too though i think that's what he was brought in to do just kind of get rid of the bs make it yeah, professional again i think he kind of did but i also think that he kind of you know brought in a, some of his own mess <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah but i think he paved the way for Nagy to be able to come in and do what he did for sure that's because he was i mean at that time fox was the the highest profile, most winning coach that the Bears had ever hired. They never even hired a coach that had a previous experience like him before. Again, that just goes to show you 
the mentality of this team. It's like, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like it, it really is. It's, you know, you got the field museum, you got the, the planetarium, and you got the football museum down there on the museum campus. And they happen to play games on Sunday. And it's like, you know what? No, we want to be a team, a real team that, like, competes every year for a Super Bowl. And, and I think that that's what Pace and Nagy really want to do. Um, you know, and I hope that we give them the chance because I think that one thing Nagy said that was really important was you look at the time that that um, Coach Reed w- came into Kansas City. It was a while ago. It wasn't like two years ago. They didn't expect him to be in the Super Bowl in two seasons, right? But we do. I mean, we <laughs> we have the audacity to expect well, these, these guys, guys are young to, too, to deliver the Super Bowl. And it's like they had to, you know, draft guys, find guys, bring in a veteran, figure that out, then get rid of the veteran, then then get lucky with Mahomes, then, you know, develop Mahomes. I mean, it's a process, like, and it's hit and miss, and you go up and down, and and but the Bears fans, we just don't have the patience for it or something. Nah, it's it's true, but I think it's a, it's about a culture, and culture ain't easy, and that's the, that's right. the definition. I mean, so are they gaining the culture? Are they um, still pretty young, so they still need to learn how to create culture just a little bit better and better? Because that's what needs to get looked at. You know, whenever I say culture, what's the first team you guys think of? Patriots. Patriots. All right, so what's the – What's the second team you would think? Steelers. All right, so and you look at them and you what, – what about you, Jerry? What second team? Who you got? As far as culture? Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. I, I think the Patriots are the standard, but as far as – there's such a drop from the first team – from that team to any other team. And the, maybe Philadelphia? I think of the Bears just because I'm a fan. I've seen what they've come from. There's definitely a culture there. Yeah, but uh, like a winning, like a culture is a mindset where winning is a thing, and then you're just keeping a winning culture. Uh, we don't have a winning culture lately. So, um, but you know, and that's and this is what's missed missed out on. And when you think about it, there's a lot of teams missing, missing, missing. People don't even think. Look at the Seahawks. Yeah, they bought Giants. They put John Snyder in. You know how many times they haven't gone to the playoffs? Once. And, you know, they even went when they were seven and nine. He gets them in. And they, they, this year, okay, we, everybody picked them to finish last in the division. Look at them. Went to the playoffs. They're just always winners. That's just a winning culture. It doesn't matter the roster. They win. They were, they were three. They were three inches from being the division champions and having the buy and making San Francisco go to the wild card. Exactly for the team that everybody picked to finish last. I mean, right. yeah, and really, and they won a Super Bowl during that run, and they came one Marshawn Lynch run away from winning a second mm-hmm. one back to back. Okay, that is a guy that brought culture to that team. And they do cool stuff. I mean, look at bringing Marshawn Lynch back. And what was their answer for that? He was just like, hey, if you're not doing that, really, and you're going to talk. John Snyder said this straight up to me. It's just like, if you're not doing that, then don't even act like you're changing culture or doing anything for your team or for your fans. You know, and he's like, it's not a hard thing to do that. And, you know, that was it. There's no re-signing Marshawn. You know, it was it was novelty. 
but it works. It's culture. And so teams need to get this through the heads. I mean, you have to change it all up. You have to change it all up. And, well, and, and that's we'll, the thing. You know, these players come in now, and the only thing that they have to aspire to is 85. And that's impossible. No. It's like, but the minute they get here, I think it's hard because it gets kind of shoved down their throats, you know, and, and guys start oh. to resent it after a while. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you look at Pause. Seattle, New England, the Saints. That that they, they're all teams. The Steelers. What do they all have though? A freaking quarterback, a franchise quarterback. All right. And continuity at the top. And here's all I'm saying is that all right. During that time, we've went through some QBs. We went through some QBs. Maybe we just drafted the wrong one every time. Maybe we drafted the wrong one every time. Don't have the best, um, you know, recruiters. But I really go back with this. I mean, I'm back into all the Joey Harrington days and everything else. And I'm like, all right, what happened? Did you draft the wrong one? Or can you not work them up? It's one of the two, right? And you don't always know the full story. It's Joey Harrington, to me, always – Felt like he got a raw deal in the Lions and they killed him. I just felt that way because he had so much potential. But then I talked to Will, who was in his draft class, and he was like, the guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he hated him. So I was like, well, maybe there's something to that, too. So I don't know. You know, it was just kind of uh, it, it's just funny how it all comes down to be. But linebackers and quarterbacks, not normally the best friends. But I, you know, I always go back to that. And I'm like Grossman, Orton, which wasn't a first round pick. But then, you know, we just it's like we always have a guy that's supposed to be something and then it doesn't. Metastasize. Uh, I mean, it's just always been the case. Cutler, whatever. You know, it's just never gets there. Cutler is a top, um, you know, first round pick. We traded two first round picks to get him. That guy is now three first round picks in. That should be stud. Okay, that should be like what you trade to get um, freaking the the uh, guy at Wilson out of the Seahawks. You know, mm-hmm. two first round picks bring somebody like it. And then, so what's he do? Nothing. I mean, I love Cutler, but they got us bupkis. It's like we disintegrate them. So, well, it's... And, I, and I think pace. One thing I will, I do, or I guess I want to appreciate it more. I feel like we should appreciate more. Is that he's a guy that is going to keep swinging, you know? Like he he has his convictions and he's going to mm. keep taking his cuts. And I and at the end of the day, like. I don't. I don't know if that's. I, I sometimes, in some ways, there's more to say for that than than trying to pussyfoot and be safe and you know, um, you know, just because because ultimately we need something that's going to break the the chain, you know, of whatever that is. I mean, because historically, it just seems like there's teams that for whatever reason can't have certain things. And the Bears, we can have running backs and linebackers, but we can't have wide receivers and quarterbacks, you know. And it's like, you know, you just have to – you got to do something that changes that. I mean, the Giants forever really didn't have quarterbacks. And then, you know, they they you know they got they got Eli Manning. I mean, and, you know, he's not like so, – you know, you could argue all you want about him, but the guy won two Super Bowls. You know, he'd be the, the mayor of Chicago if, if he did that here. So we something's got to happen. a quarterback that makes players around him better. And, and that, that's, that's what I that, – right. But that's what I hope is that Pace is not – being the stubborn, I hope Mitch proves me right guy, and he's being the, 
no, I that was plan A. Plan A didn't work. It's time to swing for the fences on a plan B because time is short. And I think the other thing that I love what Nagy said was that he knows that 8-8 eight and eight sucks and he knows that this fan base in the city deserves better. And I think that was cool because that's what everybody's feeling. We all feel like they went three and thirteen last year. We don't feel like they went eight and eight. That's the shittiest feeling eight and eight of all time. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like a Jeff Fisher eight and eight. You know, and it, 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 it's just you know it is what it is. So that's what I'm hoping is that they have the balls to to do something because if they really trot out Mitch and you know Keenum. It's gonna be a long. <laughs> it's gonna be a long. Season. It sure is. But I'll, I'll leave. You, I'll leave you guys with this thought. Okay. It's. It's this. It's all right. So keep in mind that Nagy, and Pace. This is a job to them first. Mm-hmm. They are Bears care and Bears fans, way down the line. This is their job. So now you look at it. How. Can they secure their job going into 2021? You would have to think about that every year for a minute because this mm-hmm. is a crucial point. Everybody knows this. I bet they've been put on alert. If they go into it with Mitch and some schlub, whatever, Keenum or these guys, and they both put up the results that we feel that they would attain, okay? You say you go 8-8 eight eight again, you gave them a rip and you go 8-8, eight eight, you're dead. Right. Um, And if you now look at this, if you go to the draft and you draft the kid, you move up, you can do whatever you score gold in the second and you catch fire with it. You got to do you got a new rookie quarterback. You can formulate a new scheme. Even if you came in on the last part of the year and won five straight games for you, hot, hot, hot. You're on for twenty twenty one. Right. You are. Nobody's got film on them. You're going to hold them back, and then you're going to light them up, right? That's why they did that with Mitch. You hold your quarterbacks back. You're like, why are you doing that? He needs playing time. He needs playing time. Nobody's got any film on him. Stick the guy on the end. Let him rip five games because then my job is secure for the next year and maybe the next two because you're seeing a little something. This is that year for them, so a rookie would do that. Also, if you trade for Derek Parr, a seasoned uh, real, uh, you know, statistically, he looks good, right? So you trade with that guy. It's a no-brainer. He's got three years left on his contract. In a sense, that buys you three years. So you buy a rookie. You're, you got three years. You get Carr. You got three years. You bring in – you keep Trubisky, and you bring in some schlub uh, veteran that can't get you into the playoffs. You're fired, so that's why I don't look at it like there's so many options here that everybody else sees. If they pick one of those other options, they better be praying every night because they're doomed. If you bring in Carr and you go 9-7, and seven, it's like, oh, okay, that sucked, man, but, you know, get it going next year. I know we change quarterbacks. You bring in a rookie, he's like, yeah, he's getting there. You know, next year, we'll got, we got it. You, you bought yourself a year. And then who knows? Maybe you do trigger it. So if they don't do either one of those, and they have a, then they have a bad year, they're fired. So they're not dumb enough to put themselves in position that they would allow Mitchell Trubisky to have their jobs holding it in his hands. Agreement. You know who's got? You know who's got a lot of options? 
The Bears, the brawlnetwork.com's got a lot of options. <laughs> well, that's awesome. How was your Sunday? Yeah, I got to ask you lunch. before you leave. Big deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're putting a lot of work on that. I tell you what, we go. I thought I had Sleep, it all. Dele- I, I thought I had it all delegated out. And then you know, you got to jump in in the ninth inning, kind of working all that stuff out and get it in there. And uh, a lot goes into those sites. You know, a lot of moving parts. You know, you know, forty, fifty pages of sites, and you got more pouring on. It's got to be span and capable. Uh, there's a lot going on. But a good thing to look forward to is uh, you know a marketplace that'll go on there here soon. Working that I already have the the data built for all that, and then sort of fans from every fan base to get on there and put on their items and you know somebody can buy it you can sell it or you can just trade it for another thing um, so that'll kind of give us a swap shop like a Facebook marketplace of sorts where it doesn't cost you nothing to do it you work with the other fan um, and you know you go straight through it I mean that's it you know if somebody's got terrible ratings on there obviously uh, don't do business with them great ratings I feel pretty good about that um, so that that's kind of a, a great medium and just for our perspective that's a lot of people coming on the site clicking and clicking clicking maybe they'll come over and check out the tail gate while they're out there swapping some bears gear right and um ultimately um there will be you know the applications go out for android and for apple it would have took a little time uh would have pushed us over a free agency time to have all those ready so we'll just do them on the fly and um you know we'll be putting all the major sports on there i mean we're about a year away guys i mean we were a year ago we were about a um you know thinking about covering all the sports uh, all the football sports and boom here we are and so next year i will tell you we'll be we'll be pushing close where to 300 pods um of covering football basketball baseball nhl uh, and even getting some other stuff and wrestling and all the other stuff that goes on to it. So it would be a big year, but that site is uh, is a king, and it will continue to expand and expand and expand. It's got a forum on there. So, you know, if people get a little sick and tired of talking about ball on Twitter, worried about getting suspended if you say a different word here or there, uh, or threaten somebody's life, like, you know, that's no big deal. <laughs> like, you get heated every once in a while. You <laughs> We'll have what's called a real safe haven where you can, you know, kind of have uh, heated words and they're not met with uh, your Twitter doom, right? So um, we'll have some fun with that, too. So those are all great things that are that'll building and it'll be kind of a platform so that we can all, um, in, in a sense, have all the resources we want. We can go talk to people. We can, if you need information, like about a different team, you really want to, um, like the other day on the timeline, somebody was very interested in how the Raiders feel about Carr and all this and all that trade. We wanted that inside information. Somebody that's really in there, who do you know? I don't know a Raiders fan, but we got the Raiders brawl. So it'd be nice just to go to that site for the fans, and then they can just pop over and go drop a question to Raiders fans right in there, right in the forum. Boom, and they'll answer and give them all their opinions, and then they can go back. People People like that. So it'll be kind of nice to have a nest that we can go to, chill out, and, um, you know, and then we can jump back and forth to Twitter and Facebook and all the other stuff. But it's a very good site. Um, it's ever expanding. We're working on it every single day. And, uh, you know, it's only a start. Cool, man. Well, we're excited to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, we, we always appreciate you uh, coming on. We appreciate the opportunity, um, definitely. And, uh, you know, really cool that uh, you come on and share your knowledge and your experience about the, uh, the combine. 
Yeah, I uh, I wish we got a little more, and but you know we got some weeks and weeks, and we'll be glad to jump back on, and we'll have some more as we lead up to free agency, because that'll be a different one. I'll try to get some inside stuff, so um, nice. I do. I'll I'll uh, I'll come on and pop on right before we hit into free agency. We'll talk about that a little bit. Maybe we'll drop some juicy ones right here, and you guys can break them out here. So anyway. we'll get back on, and uh, we'll, we'll do some good. But you guys are doing great. It's one of the best shows out there you guys got good traction so um glad i'm really happy you guys had me on i appreciate it yeah man thanks for joining us sure man thanks have a good night there it is the el presidente good stuff man that's really cool man i couldn't even imagine having that access at the combine like that'd be a blast yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, uh, to, I think uh, kudos to him for jumping out and, you know, firing off questions like that. I mean, you know, I don't think he's done that before. I don't think he's out. ever. I don't think he's ever been shy. I don't think no, shy is his vocabulary. No, absolutely not. But I mean, it's not easy to to jump out there and and put yourself out there and and you know and a, you know you freeze up at. I mean, how people freeze up doing podcasts, you know. I mean, I imagine, yeah. especially when somebody looks you in the eye like that, you're real, you know, close to them. And, I mean, that's got to be unnerving. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's awesome to be, you know, sort of loosely associated with uh, with uh, Bridge. And uh, people haven't had the chance to check out the tape uh, stuff he's been doing online. Pretty cool. Um, Bridge's breakdowns. Yeah, Bridge's breakdowns are happening. So, um you know, follow the NFL that. guy breaking down tape. I'm I'm kind of about that, especially when they're yeah, not guys, like proclaiming guys guys who really know what they're doing breaking down tape. What I what a concept. Yeah, um, different. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a new one. Um, but it's pretty cool. Everybody should listen to you know NFL brawl. They've been I mean they had Chad Reuter on the other day. They had Andrew Brandt on. Um, you know they've got I mean they just got guys coming on left and right. Um, obviously they got the connects and, and, um, you know, he talks about John Schneider. John Schneider was on the, the other day and, and really, you know, candid, um, candid interviews, you know, um, so cool stuff. Uh, obviously Sunday was, was exciting, um, to be a part of, yeah, it felt like, I mean, it, you know, it felt like a launch, (laughs) like, you know, so that was, that was, that was fun, you know, so it's, um. You know, it feels like, uh, you know, we're part of something, and that's cool. And, um, you know, we're we're moving uh, we're moving the needle. Um, you know, and I think uh, we're never. You know, it's definitely not going to be a shortage of Bears content. Um, yeah. You know, and we try to. You know, as they say, we try to bring it our own flavor. You yeah, know, we're we all not, do it differently. That's what's cool about it, man. Yeah, like we're the not, argument we had about Quitkowski. <laughs> yeah, Quitkowski. You love Quitkowski. I do love Quitkowski. <laughs> Do you love him like you love Broniker, though? Oh, Ooh. that's a different kind of love, bro. <laughs> that's a different kind of love. Here's my thing, and I said it to Brez. I just feel like we are, like, we love the story. Like, you know, that's just because as a fan of a team that kind of sucks a lot, you have to find things to love. You have to find guys. You have to find your Daniel Bravermans and, yeah. you know. It's your... better than that, though. I mean. You, no, you, he is. The production he put up in the amount of games he played, if you if you parse it out over what a full season would be at that point, I mean, it, it would have been a really good season. Uh, he's really improved. 
he, he you know it was nice to see him get that opportunity and and step up so the the whole thing is you, you think it's going to continue and you think he's going to get even better especially if you're pulling you got to factor too if you're pulling him off special teams if you're going to give him a big contract his only focus is going to be linebacker now so he he has the potential of even getting better so i do understand why people are hyped about him i, I really liked what he did last year even in preseason, you just saw like, okay, this he he's ready. He's in on every it's play. Like, yeah, he he definitely stepped up, man. <laughs> it was definitely a contract year. <laughs> that's well, true that's too. Too, and there's a little bit of me that's like, you know, kind of skeptical of that as well. Like, it's but if like, it wasn't for injury, it wouldn't have been a that much opportunity on a contract year either. Exactly. But here's my thing: is like, where was this before? I mean, he's always been a guy that's been okay. I mean, and I'll give. Well, it was I've, the first I've year a guy, that he really I've played a, with Khalil, too. I mean. Correct, and I've been a guy that defended Kwiatkowski, so I'm not a Kwiatkowski hater, um, you know. But but I just think it's funny the way the fan base will flip because, you know, I mean, when he got in there, people were like, "Oh my God, like this is going to be horrible. Like all he does is get burned on third down." So it wasn't like. Oh, our boy's getting a shot, you know? Like, it was like, uh, right. Kukowski, we're screwed. And and I don't think that Pace necessarily expected it. I think it was just kind of like he's got seniority, and unfortunately, like, Ibunue and Woods and some of these guys have not really stepped up. Yeah, uh, quick got the mic when Danny was out, and that that's that's my biggest issue. I, I don't want to switch it up too much. Be- but you like, had the best two games at linebacker. For the Bears, it's quick, well, and it was not close. I yeah, know. But they, I'm pretty sure Quit had the mic when Danny stepped out, right? Yes. Right. So, so you by now we I, I really thought Rokon was going to be that guy when we drafted him. Eventually, would take him a little time, but I figured he'd have the mic by now. So ho- hopefully, I, I'd like to see that going forward. Like maybe I mean he, he he to me seems like the guy that you know he's the the Briggs type of player. You know Roosevelt Colvin type of guy who's you a little more free to fly around on the weak side. You know, make you know just make plays. You know, he'll be guys that he's gonna he's gonna pick up. You know, he's a guy that that will pick up the tight end if on a you know when the corner blitzes. You know that kind of thing. So I I don't know. I mean he may not he may not be the Mike, um, but if we want to talk about it, I mean. I just, I still, I, I hate the fact that they have to choose between these guys because. Oh, definitely, it's a tough decision, and kudos like, to Kwiatkowski for making it a tough decision. And and Pace said that, you know what I mean? But but I think if you read in between the lines of what Pace said, I feel like, you know, it's another kind of situation where it's like, yep, you know, good for him. He was fourth round pick, you know, he and and he did he he did what he was supposed to do for us as a fourth round pick and mm-hmm. you know I, I just don't think they're gonna be in on him at the in the money that he's gonna get. I think I think I, they, I have a hard time supporting a guy that's only played a full season once as a bear. Yeah, but they they they. they and it's not because of his talent. It's because of no. his injury history. Agreed. And he's not getting any younger. Agree. So gonna but, pay that guy. But, but that, just, it only does the only plays linebacker. As the green dot, just like the guy that you're going to – that's becoming I understand that, but he is not – Kwiatkowski is not going to be on special teams if you give him $7 million a year or more. Like, that's not going to happen. They can't risk that. So so that's sort of irrelevant 
as far as I'm concerned. The thing about the thing about I'm trying to think as if I'm pace. If if money is no object and I'm not worried about it and I don't have to and I don't have to I don't have to lose Danny, I say yeah, give give Kwiatkowski the contract. Reward the guy. You know, keep a homegrown guy cuz Danny's a free agent. You know, he's not a homegrown guy. I mean, he's become very important to this team, but but that's also the reason why I think they keep him is because you just got rid of Amukamara, who was a team leader, your player rep for the for the players association. You know, a, a, a veteran leader in the secondary. You got rid of him. You got you're rid of Taylor Gabriel, who was an energy guy. We talked about this. Now you're going to get rid of Danny. Like, that's a lot for the defense to, you know, to replace from a from a leadership standpoint. Um, and I don't know if Kwiatkowski is, I don't know. Is he that guy? Maybe, maybe he's that guy. Um, you can have a guy for potentially 16 games or his history says you might have Danny well, for eight to 10. Right. That, that's where I'm at. Like I said, that's where I'm at. I would say that Danny's last injury was pretty fluky. I would not, you know, um, I think that the, the, the bears in general have gotten better at managing health conditioning. Yeah. You know, this that was another thing that this team was severely deficient in before mm-hmm. Pace took over and rebuilt the, the, the you know, and, and that was something that, that Fox was god-awful at. Fox Fox was, like, stuck in, you know, like, I don't know, like, New Rockney era of, of conditioning. Uh, put some tape on it. You know, let's lift some weights and roll that boulder to the top of the hill and... Uh, we, I got a pet monkey that you could chase around this sand pit. <laughs> you know, like, that was his. That was his mo. Like you know. So so now, and that's part of why I'm go, at the end of the day. Even though it sucks for the fans, I'm good with them being back at Hallis Hall. Um, because they need all their shit. They got all this. I mean, they got the top of the top of the market, top of the line equipment now and and facilities, and they need it all. So. You know, it's uh, it's good for them to be out, you know, doing that. And then when they want to be inside, it's business time. And that's the thing is, it's like it's time for the Bears to stop being a traveling circus, a football circus. And it's time for them to start being about winning. And, And I just that's that's what I want. Like, you know, like it's fine. The fans will be whatever they're going to be and and they'll you know there'll be fans there but it's like you know they need to stop eating off of the past and start building some new past people on twitter Um, are tired of talking about quarterbacks already yeah well it's like you better find a new fucking team like i need to break it to you sign off sign off till september bro this is what we do i mean i'm sorry but like like you know i mean i get it but it's like you know, at the end of the day, like if you don't enjoy like the banter on Twitter, you shouldn't be on Twitter because that's what it is. Like, yep. Yep. it's like you know, I, I want to like, you know, I can only look at so many pictures of people's fucking breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> like, like we're here to talk. I'm here to talk shit. I'm here to go back and forth. I'm here to 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 say no. That's a dumb idea. Here's my dumb idea. You think it's dumb? Yeah. Well, you're oh, dumb. Man. Like, like, I mean, I, that's I, what it is. <laughs> I know I need to be more active on Facebook or whatever, but, man, I went on today. Oh, dude, this dude this dude saw Mitch Mitch at lunch and took a picture with him. 
And like some some like old school fans came in fire and like he's a backup. Yeah, da, da, da. Other people were like, "Why are you hating? Mitch is the best. I love Mitch." I'm just like, I mean, dude, you could literally put like anybody in the quarterback jersey, and there's a there's a good 50, 60 percent of the fan base that will just jump right in line and go over the. I mean, I, I, I you know, I mean, this guy said that Kyle Orton's his favorite. Bears quarterback, and I'm just like, bro, like our standards are so low. Like it's don't get like, me wrong. I, it, it would be great if Mitch, like, if they were stuck with, if they did stick with him, and he balled the hell out. Absolutely, I'm here for it. We want what's best for the team, ultimately. But it's just a law of diminishing returns at some point. Like it's like this idea that that he hasn't had a chance. That people are out there floating, like, like just the. I mean, I actually heard on sports radio today, again, somebody calls in and floats this idea that the Bears wouldn't be good with Mahomes because uh, the offensive line (laughs) isn't good and the weapons aren't that good. And I'm just like, we're so screwed up in the head. What happened to Cap? He, like, went on that vacation and came back with, like, hey, man, everything's Irish, man. I love Mitch, man. Like, it's, that's just, that's, that's their. That's, those guys that's just hammered shtick. him in hurry, too, which was hilarious. Right, but that's that's the shtick. I mean, yeah. you know. When he's related like, to Cutler, that's even better. Like, you can't, I mean, because you go up, you go down the dial, and it's doom and gloom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's their shtick. But that's what Cap does is he, you know, and then, and then, you know, like, just like he did when he, you know, like went off the deep end and was like, he's the worst. Like, I can't, I'm out. I'm out. You know, I mean, that's yeah, his, yeah, yeah. that I firmly believe that's just his, and, but I, he sells it with conviction. So he, he's good at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, he had me go. I, I almost called in today. Like, I was just like, I had my, I was like, put him on a I listened to the pod version, and I, I was going to call in even though it was over. <laughs> yeah. leave, a, leave a voicemail. Like, I'm going to write so, a very stern letter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish they – I don't – ESPN doesn't do the text line, which is – I wish they did texts. Uh, 670, you could still text, um, which is fun because it's usually – it's pretty easy to get texts read on those shows. But uh, it's tougher to get, you know, them to mention your tweets or, and I, I mean, I can't stand sitting on hold on sports radio. Like, some do it. I mean, I, people do it because it's like at the end of the day, you're just kind of listening anyway. Like if you're if you're listening on your phone, you know, when you're on hold, you're listening. So it's like, I sort of, you know. But the worst part about being on hold is that you sit there. And you hear your take, you hear somebody else say your take, and then you're just like, fuck. Nope. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then you, you hear them change gears and you're like, double fuck. <laughs> and then they come back on and they're just like, ah, oh, sorry, we didn't get to you. And it's like, all right. <laughs> so how was Michael Rappaport? Oh, he was great, man. It was fun. Um, he was cool. Uh, it was really, um, if you don't know, he's been on tour doing comedy. Um, you know, I've uh, become sort of an acquaintance of him, you know, uh, from following his podcast. And um, so, uh, you know, got a chance to go to his show. And he was at the Vic Theater in Chicago, which is the biggest venue he's ever played. And and I wasn't sure if, it, you know, if he was going to sell it out or not. But he sold it out. It was pretty cool. It's a thousand seat theater. Um, and the place was jammed. And um, I wish I knew the name of the 
there was a local kid comedian who was fucking funny, um, who who opened up before the the tour opener, um, and the fucking guy like didn't do the thing. It's like when you're the next comic, you come on and you say, "How about such and such?" You know what I mean? Like to remind everybody what the fucking guy's name was, and he didn't do it. And I was just like, "Damn it!" <laughs> and Rap didn't even know because it's not you know he doesn't. That's not his thing. It's like the local venue books that. So, um, but it was good. It was really fun. Um, you know, he's he's uh, he's doing well. Um, I thought it was pretty funny that he he lost his Yankee cap in a in a cab here. Um, so he bought himself a black Cubs cat and then promptly went down to St. Louis wearing that um, for his next <laughs> for his next couple of shows. And I was like, yeah, that's that's about Rappaport speed is to go go be the stir it you know, up. Yeah, the Yankee Yankee hat pisses enough people off. Um, and then you go down to St. Louis wearing a wearing a Cub hat. But yeah, that was cool. He was kind enough to uh, throw us a little retweet on the brawl um, on the brawl launch. So that was cool. Um, he's a good dude. He's definitely polarizing. But you know, you either like him or you I'm don't. Polarizing. I mean, he he doesn't. He's not on Twitter much anymore. Um, you know, and that's basically because it gets him in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you know, like his career, I can't imagine his career's going pretty well right now. He's got, you know, he's got fourth season of a Netflix show that's really popular, and he's got a good comedy tour going. And he doesn't need the the drama that Twitter brings him because it really does. It really does. Uh, you know, he basically he can't go on Twitter ESPN. Drama? Drama? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does even for real people with real jobs. Um, mm. You know, Damn. he goes on Fox Sports plenty now, but he still can't go on ESPN mm. ever since that whole Levitard thing. Well, my <laughs> first my first exposure to him was when he was on Stern with the fantasy football, so I just got annoyed initially. But he is a funny dude. Well, that's, like his that's videos what he does. Uh, like his whole role on Stern is to be the yep. guy that everybody hates. Like, and he <laughs> plays it to a to a T. I mean, and everything I've ever seen him do, you know, that's what people want him. You know, well, the Spike Lee movie was the first time I remember seeing him. Right. Was it? uh, God, I can't think of the name of the movie. Higher Learning? I think it's Higher Learning, yes. Right. That was my first exposure to him, and I was just like, damn, dude. Yeah, well, that's a lot of people remember him for. But, but, you know, everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants him to do, you know, to talk about Baba Booey and, you know, call him a bucktooth gorilla and you know and all that stuff. But uh, you know, he just goes. I mean, he was on Wild and Sylvia. It's just like, I mean, the guy's just got that got that gift of gab, and he just flows. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So uh, I was fun. It was fun to you know. I never get to go out really, so it was cool. Went out some, drank a couple beers. Julnall. Sweet man. No, I got a hot take though from the combine. Hot take, top. Just a little, just a little one. I, I just think that either Jake Fromm or Jalen Hurts is gonna end up panning out, like because it just seemed like those guys that everyone's kind of just, kind of writing off. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're, they're he's Hurts is fast, but he's inaccurate. Or like Fromm with his small hands, he's smart, but he's too safe. Small like the more hands. I looked in. Like <laughs> the more I looked in the front, though, I saw I kind of saw what um what Vince was talking about. Like you could see Vince, if Vince, he, if... Vince, shout out to Vince, big fan of the brawl, love Vince, great fan, one of the best Bears fans in the world. My man is already the president of the Fromm fan club. <laughs> yeah, but I I actually I actually started watching a little tape breakdown on him and and 
I see what he's talking about. I just think like one of those guys is going to be that guy that people just oh shit all of a sudden they're they're having some success because they are they're, they're you know I mean there's always that that one guy in the draft or oh they're too small or or they're too this and they they end up doing it. Yeah, I mean my comment about Fromm was that he's dollar store Drew Brees. You know, like uh, I, I just don't I don't. I don't see it. I mean, I think his his ceiling is Chad Pennington, um, who had a decent career. I mean, you know, um, I I do see what you say on the tape. I mean, he can definitely make some throws, but you just look at his game log. He never had to throw the ball more than 30 times, almost never. He, you know, he has so many games where it's like 170 yards, one touchdown. Like, those are not college eye-popping quarterback numbers. Yeah. I mean, even like Hertz, he he there was some, there's a lot of inaccuracy issues, but his athleticism there are, but he put up some monster ass games versus some in some in some big games too. And well, like, yeah, they and they also talked about how smart he was at the combine. Right. I to me if I had to pick who was going to have a, a better career, I would take Hertz. And and I and I think Fromm's going to probably get picked before him, which I think is totally stupid. Hurts needs but, to sit and develop, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe, or or he needs, you know, somebody to build something around him like Lamar Jackson. No, yeah, that's, that's different. Different athlete. Really think but. about this. He was at he was at Bama, and Bama was like, okay, you can you can go to Oklahoma. It's cool. I mean, that should kind of tell you the thought on that quarterback. Because uh, there's because it's Bama. You just told Bama. me is you went from one big school to another. <laughs> Right, I mean, you, just told, you told me that he's a blue chip that that was good enough to to be on Alabama and then was also good enough to, to come in as a transfer and start at Oklahoma. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's a knock on the kid. Uh, Bama is, you know, I mean, Bama's a pro team. <laughs> like, like they got, except for they have a ninety man roster. Like it's it's like. I, I don't so, know. He's so good. He's I about like to get Hertz. drafted, and the kid that replaced him is about to get drafted in the same draft. Right, and then his brother is gonna, you know, and then two of his brothers gonna come up and get drafted, like or you know, I mean, it's the same thing like uh, Burrow and Fields. I mean, you know, are we gonna knock Burrow because Ohio State said he could he could transfer? I mean, there you go. I mean, that's kind of crazy too. It, I just look at, at Hertz and and he to me looks like a maybe like a discount Deshaun Watson, you know what I mean? Like same type of mentality. Kid's a winner, plays big in big games. I mean he's also played bad in some 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 high profile games, but I just you know I just like his I like his style of play. I I just think it's going to be a question of if somebody's going to build something around him. Um, I, I think he needs to go to, like I said, just a spot to develop for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if I'm Baltimore and he's around in the fifth, sixth round, why the hell not? I mean, you know, you pick him. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I would love to believe that Lamar Jackson's going to do this for five or ten years. I just I just worry every time it's I watch him play. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's just. You live by you the know. sword, you die by the sword. Yeah, and and it's just and now there's going to be a whole another year of tape on the guy, and I mean it's like I, you know, Colin Kaepernick tore up the league for two seasons, and then the league caught up to him, 
you know, and I mean, everybody was running the pistol and getting all hot to trot about that. And it's like, you know, I think I think more teams are going to are this year is going to be the year of everybody trying to mimic Shanahan now. You know, that's that's what's going to happen this year is it's going to be the you know, the 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 return to that stuff um, for a lot of teams. Um, but. <laughs> You know, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do. You can't just. Hey, shout, throw, shout throw out Pat O'Donnell that, getting hitched today or this week. Did yeah, yeah. All those guys were out on the beach. And I it was like Hawaii or Maui or Malibu, something. Um, yeah, O'Donnell got the old uh, mega. Hopefully, they get him a nice cake cutter. I thought you were <laughs> about to rhyme something with mega punk. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, I did float out there. I, I hit the pause I think, button. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or just on Twitter, but he's, you know, I, I think he's got a high potential of, of getting the axe. Um, and you see the the Bears oh, talking. Did we talk to, about punter prospects that you think they should replace? No, no but I don't want to pay $2 million dollars to a punter. Like, that's for fucking sure. you like, got to restructure no, Floyd and pay, pay no, him what I he's actually that. done. Well, we well yeah, that in the chat. Go ahead. We were talking about what a million and a half could get you. They could have got you, Chad Kelly. Would you yeah. like to have Chad Kelly on this roster? Yes, you would. It, it, you know, it, it that's a lot of money to give to a punter. I mean, you know, I, I and I think Nagy's mindset and Pace's mindset is like, uh, we need to build this team so we don't need a punter. Like, if if we need to get the two million dollar value out of our punter, we fucked up. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like the best teams, you don't even know who the fucking punter is until they become an amazing radio host like Pat McAfee. <laughs> like it's like I don't I don't want to yeah. know the punter, you know, unless he's uh, a stupid kicker like like Peyton. I, don't know. I like I like Brad Maynard. Huh? I like Brad Maynard. Yeah, well, I don't even know what team he's on though. He was on the Bears, bro. Oh, he's not alive. Yeah, right. he's alive, I'm, just, but he's I'm saying, like, Bears fans know <laughs> are right. I just thought he was still in the league. Is he still in the league? No. <laughs> be, isn't no. he, like, 65 now? Who fucking knows, man? I just – I don't I don't want to talk about punters. Punters shouldn't make $2 million. Like, it's too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't I know. I, I, and Pat Scales is a, is a free agent, and he was making almost a million dollars. He can't – I mean, snappers – I think snappers more important than punter. I think long snappers are the best profession, like the best job in the world. It's hard. It's shout hard. Out to, shout out to Patrick Manley for making it like a real job. <laughs> it's hard, dude. Trying to get the laces to him right and snapping it 15 right. yards back. I mean, Not being easy. a uh, being a holder's no no s- small thing either. But I don't know. I just I, I mean, Pat's you know he's he's a nice guy. Uh, I, sometimes I, I think you, you get a little sense of what the Bears are going to do based on what goes on in the stuff. Like right now they're doing their beach crap. You know what I mean? And, and you know, who's there? You got Josh Woods is there. and you got like backups and old guys. there. And, uh, no, well, Roy Robertson Harris is there. Um, you know, so it, it just, you know, you get a feeling like I think he's, you know, I, I mean, I think he's coming back. I think Nick Williams is going to come back. I think, you know, they're going to get the band back together as much as they can. Um, I mean, Roy Rob, he he has some flashes, but he kind of fell off there, too. I really thought there was going to be a time for him to step up. 
Yeah, I just, I mean, that's all about Hicks being gone, and and then and then Eddie Goldman, you know, basically being figured out. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just, it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, what they do in terms of the free agency. I mean, we talked about Dalton. We talked to the next thing that everybody's speculating is Foles. You know, I think we've talked about that There's a little bit. Talk for, yeah, just they're, they're just, trying to connect everybody on our coaching staff to a quarterback they work Well, with. but it's crazy how easily that is done, though. Like, it's kind of funny how they brought in these guys that, that you know, have these easy, you know, narratives to draw to these guys. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's just... It doesn't bother me because I, I want to hear every quarterback named. It, sure. it means It means it, it, if there is any legs to it, it just means we're looking at every option. It, you know I, what? I, I hope the conversation is being had by the people that matter. Yeah. I mean, because if it's not, as Brett said, I mean, yeah, geez, it's going to be rough. And, and yeah, I, that, I really want car, man. Like, yeah, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I, I will be super fucking mad if, if he goes somewhere else, if he like, is available, right? Yo, like if he gets traded and somebody else gives up a second round pick for him and it's not us, I'm going to freak out. Or something stupid like a third or fourth. <laughs> like I'm gonna lose my shit. Like I'm gonna. I'm We're going like, live. I might go like full. I don't Damn. know. Yo. Full like, Trubisky. I just like. <laughs> oh my god. Like that would be so ridiculous. But again, it's like as much as I want to like imagine this delusions of grandeur. It's like I also remember who this who we are and. You know the kind of stuff that we do, and I hope that you know I I hope that uh, Pace and Nagy don't caught, get caught up in that. I mean, it doesn't seem like Nagy wants to, but I don't know. I, I, it, they they definitely seem a little more separate. Um, they spoke separately, and I mean, I guess that's normal at that type of thing, but. You know, you kind of had Pace say, "Well, I'm not worried. I don't worry about the scheme and the coaching." Yeah, Pace you know, was too I far just, on the script talking about accuracy. He loves his accuracy and athleticism and his his um his processing. Like, he, what he should have said is, "You know, I like the guy. I drafted him for a reason." He drives a Camry. Right. Well, there's that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you know, like I just don't like instead of giving like a really cornball answer that didn't make didn't sound convincing right you're gonna bullshit us bullshit us a little better that's all yeah or just you know like live your truth and say like i i i I was convicted about the guy i believed in him we're we're behind him we want to try to make this work that's the reality that's true yeah that 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 right now is 100 percent true it's just like when Mayock says he he he's he's a big fan of David Carr, he's a big fan of David Carr right up until the time that Tom Brady signs, and then he's not anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they move on. But these you're never gonna see uh, these GMs and coaches be like you know people want them to be like uh, shock jock sports radio hosts and you know and flip flop and and make declarations. They're just never gonna do that because it's right. stupid. It's, it doesn't fit any kind of strategy. That anybody would want to have. So, um, yeah. So I mean, it, combine's done, right? That's it. Yep. All right. You guys actually going to talk about the XFL crap or? 
I'm not. <laughs> I okay. only thing I will say is that is that Battlehawks are three and one. That's good enough. Tressman's freaking team got a win against Greg Gabriel's team, and if Greg Gabriel's got to be so hot <laughs> because he hated Tressman. Oh man, I mean, I remember Gabriel <laughs> just going on some rants. Uh, on different shows, you know, talking about Emery and Tressman, like so, it must have burned him up. I mean, even and I'm joking, man. If you if you have time to be into it, that's cool. It is cool that there's still football. So no, I'll be straight up with you. I'm I'm over it. Like I'm <laughs> totally over the XFL. I haven't. I yeah, didn't watch. I, I didn't watch any of. I didn't watch the highlights. Um, I didn't watch any seltzer crushing. I, I like. I'm good. Like I would. I would rather watch the combine. A hundred percent. Exactly. Right. And that's fine. It's not for me. It's it's okay. It's got its audience. You know, it, 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 like if they can figure out a way to draw 15,000 fans and, and maybe, you know, uh, the games can, can get a, you know, a million viewers, they'll be fine. You know, it's just another thing. That was a fun segment that you started, but I I think we're pulling the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Until something exciting happens. I mean, the, the problem is is that the quarterbacks suck. I mean, Landry Jones is supposed to be the best one, and he blows. Tom is <laughs> probably better than Trubisky. Oh. Yeah, you were out there with, that, he, with the, the, like, Tomu. At least he can make the right reads on a zone read. Yeah, I mean, against, like, you know, like uh, – Guys who were driving forklifts last yeah, night. like Bobby Boucher. <laughs> hey, Bobby Boucher single-handedly brought them back. <laughs> One like, fucking bowl. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, if they had a league with ex-NFL players, they try to have that flag football league with, like, ex-NFL players. I would watch that probably before I'd watch the XFL. I mean, it was fun for a minute, but I'm not going out of my way for it. No. Like, there's too many shows on Netflix. If I if I really got two hours, three hours to sit down and watch TV, which I almost never have unless it's Sunday during the NFL season, I'm not. That ain't how I'm spending it. I'll tell you that much. I just started watching Ozark, man. I kind of I'm enjoying that. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Netflix, check it out. Okay. Puts on list of Netflix shows he will oh, never get to. <laughs> Starts in Chicago. It's got Jason Bateman in it. It's good, man. Uh, uh, he, also, he also directed it. My wife oh. was watching Shit's Creek uh, the that other day. Good. Have you ever watched that? With yeah, the, I've been watching it for uh, since 1986. You've been up in it? <laughs> You've been up in it? <laughs> You've been paddling? <laughs> Are you been up in it with no paddle? Upstream, <laughs> <laughs> no, no paddle. Yeah. Oh Lord, Lord. What if this team had won we'll in two thousand? We'll resume this XFL talk <laughs> at, at a different point. Just the playoffs. The Hawks are three and one. When the playoffs. I'm pretty happy with it. The XFL. I'm, I'm glad to see St. Louis actually out and supporting it. So. <laughs> But otherwise, yeah, man, big week. The website launched, and oh yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it was cool for the support too. Um, that that Absolutely. we got with it. 
Adam big Rank. Up, big up to Adam cool. Rank, man. Reached out to him, and he did his thing, so that was cool. Yeah. Rappaport for you. So He's so nice. I like. It is, man. Website's yeah. looking good. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to watch the dip. What well, was cool, we kind of got involved early in the process, so it's it's cool to see things just kind of start getting going and growing and mm-hmm. having having fun having fun doing it with you boys, man. We're not only showers, we're growers. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes, words. I'm gonna order my custom card jersey right now. You say custom card piece. <laughs> it's a custom card jersey, man. You said custom. How many people are ordering an Andy Dalton jersey? Heck no. After today? Ugh. Bro, Andy Dalton. I can't do it if they bring Dalton in. It's just going to remind You know what it is? We drafted this kid that was supposed to be the franchise. You're going to bring in Andy Dalton. It's like the whole Glennon thing over again. Yeah, I mean, it's better than Glennon, but that's not saying anything. I'm just saying it's. Right. It's brutal. It would be brutal. I just want a franchise quarterback. Like, that is waving the white flag to me, bringing in Andy Dalton. Like, it's like, that's like saying, hey, ready for 9-7 and seven ceiling? Woo! Yeah. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, people, act like, people act like Andy Dalton never had any players. It's like, uh, Plus, I Plus, we, don't, we like, don't want Ginger Unicorn having Green. competition. No. Huh? Hey. We, we don't want Ginger, Ginger Unicorn having competition. Brings, he, he, he loves competition. He thrives in it. Yeah. <laughs> Gingers are recessive genes, so. Uh, hey. What about my genes? <laughs> they're recessive. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. We certainly did our more than our fair share. That's um, it. That's it. You made it to this point. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Oh. oh. That's so. That's what's up. I'm out of glasses today. I'm in the plant, so. Got the, got the OSHA, OSHA pony. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. Uh, hope all you, uh, all you Brawl fans are into it. And, uh, Let's keep on brawling. That's it, man. Just another episode of the Tailgate Show. The Bars. The Brawl Network.com. Check out Get the website. Fun. You fucks you. Yes, sir. Uh,